Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Hey, everybody. Happy Friday and welcome to Netflix Life, a streaming TV podcast from Fansided. I'm Bryce Olin and I'm joined by co-host of the podcast, Cody Schultz. Uh, So the Emmy nominations were just announced this week. Netflix was nominated for a ton of Emmys. Uh, We're going to break down some of the nominations, share the biggest surprises, snubs, and then make some predictions. But first, Cody, did you see the Outer Banks season two trailer? That's what everyone's talking about this week. I did. It's definitely, I I think we kind of anticipated that this trailer and this season in general is going to be like action packed. And the trailer definitely like promised. I feel like this one looks like even bigger and grander than season one, which how do you even top season one was just like so out there and over the top of like the storylines. So I think fans should definitely be like rightfully excited about this upcoming season. Yeah, so it comes out July 30th. People have been waiting a long time for this one since the first season released in April 2020. And this, I think we got a teaser, basically what happened after season one uh, tease. It looked like earlier this year, I think it was in June when they announced that the season would premiere this summer. But yeah, this is, it it seemed comprehensive. I don't know, but it's a lot to take in. And we've got, yeah, about two weeks uh, before the premiere. That's pretty much on par when Netflix shares trailers and stuff. So I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I'm a little worried, but (laughs) that's about it. Do you think we'll see another trailer though? Because Netflix usually does these things in pairs. It just depends, I guess. Yeah, I was going to say, I wonder since, I mean, because we're getting close to the release date now. I mean, I think it's two weeks from today. So it's like, I wonder if they do, like, will it be something really short and sweet, like almost like a teaser? Like, I know they've gotten into a swing of releasing like the first few minutes of the season. So I'll be curious, like, would they do that instead of like another teaser? It's really officially on at this point because it's so close to like season two finally dropping. And then after that, we get to like start looking ahead to like what's going on with season three, which I know will be like the next hot topic for us. I know. I bet people are already asking about it, but um, we'll talk about Outer Banks as we get closer to the, uh, season two. I've got to say today's episode of the Netflix Live podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Summer is here. Are you ready to unveil your new beach pod? You're in luck. Our friends at Manscaped just launched their fourth generation performance package, which includes the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. Complement your summer bod with a trim from the leaders in male grooming and join 2 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get ready for hot guy summer by going to manscaped.com for 20% off and free shipping when you use the code FANSIDED20. It's time to bundle up with the Manscaped performance 4.0 package. Inside this package, you'll find the lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserver, deodorant, crop reviver, toner, performance boxer briefs, a travel bag to hold all your goodies. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code fansided20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with code fansided20 at manscaped.com. Escape the shrub and weeds this summer and shine with manscaped.com. All right. So Netflix nominations. We've got 129 total for Netflix. We're not going to read them all off because that's ridiculous. You can go find it online. But there were some big ones. And I think the biggest takeaway, I guess, overall, before we get into what was nominated, was that Netflix is number two this year, um, one spot behind HBO. And I guess they missed it by literally one nomination, right? Yeah, I I can't, I feel like you've got to give the win to Netflix. Like Netflix has 129 nominations just for Netflix. 
HBO's kind of cheating in my mind because they're pairing HBO and HBO Max nominations. So when you combine the two, they've got 130 nominations. But the fact that Netflix is one platform and has 129, I think just like speaks volumes. I agree. It's yeah, it's debatable whether it's like cheating, but it, it is like it'd be like if Netflix had their own TV network and we're running programming and movies and stuff on that all the time and then also had the streaming service. So like HBO Max says, I guess the good thing is like Netflix is making more shows. So it makes sense, I guess, that they would have a lot of nominations. So I guess that it, it's whatever it'll, the real winner will be decided when the winners are announced. That's sort of how these things go. And Netflix is in a really good spot. We've got 24 nominations for the crown and that's tied for the most with the Mandalorian, which was maybe one of the surprises we'll talk about. And then we've got the queen's gambit, which was one of the biggest shows of 2020 with 18. And then I don't know if this was necessarily a surprise that we'll, we'll talk about, but Bridgerton got 12. And so those are the top three for Netflix, The Crown, The Queen's Gambit and Bridgerton. Any, I guess, which one of those do you feel strongly about? I think it's going to be really interesting. I mean, it's exciting to see that all three of those shows kind of broken and got a lot of nominations. I feel like every time The Crown drops a season, it always gets <laughs> some you know love from the Emmy voters and just the award voters in general. Bridgerton, I think, is a surprise just because it didn't really get quite as much love from like the Golden Globes um, mm-hmm. and some of the other awards like before the Emmys. So it's kind of nice to see that the Emmy voters did you know give it twelve nominations. We've got it'll be competing in the Outstanding Drama, and then it got a couple like acting nominations with Reggae John Page, and then I think even Julie Andrews got a nomination for like voiceover work. So it's exciting to see that it moved the meter and got into some of those big categories. And then I'm actually a little surprised like the Queen's Gambit got as many just because it seems like when shows are released like further, like further out from when the award shows are like sometimes they get looked over for some of these like fresher titles. And so I think that one's like exciting to see that they still like showed it so much love and then it got that many nominations in the various categories. For sure. So that came out in October 2020, which was right after the last Emmys, I think. It's usually in September, I think. Is that right? Yeah. Usually the Emmys are in like, I think like late September. Like I can't remember if they like have an exact like window they aim for. But with this like pandemic season, it's been like one of those very unique because I believe even right. like the nomination period for this year's Emmys were slightly different, which is why we don't see like a show like Ozark or Stranger Things. Like the qualification periods, of course, they didn't fall within those because I think those were two shows like people always are like, wait, why aren't these two shows? was nominated and it's just because they haven't released like episodes within the eligibility period so i'm sure whenever new seasons of both of those drop like they'll be in the emmys race because ozark usually wins they've won a few emmys i think in back-to-back award shows so yeah that'll be interesting i guess uh should we move on to some of the surprises yeah, I think I think we all know what the biggest surprise was, probably. And that's that was Emily in Paris kind of getting that nomination and the best, the outstanding comedy. I mean, I watched the show and I enjoyed it. Like I wasn't like I heard so much like negative like criticism of it that I'm like, is this show gonna be off when I enjoyed it, like as a fan perspective, but it doesn't seem like the type of show that would be getting like Emmy nomination love and whatnot. Right. It's weird when you like just about like the discourse around a show. Like I was surprised that this happened. I was surprised when it got nominated for a Golden Globe too. But like it's not that bad. It's just that when you compare it to like some of the other shows that are like also got nominated, it seems worse. And so I think that the discourse that happens then around that makes it seem like the show is much worse than it actually is. Does that make sense? I feel like that that's just like a theory that I have, but it's not that bad. You will never 
hear me call it Emily in Paris. This is Emily in Paris. I think that everyone knows that. And yeah, I guess it's surprising. I don't take a lot of like stock from just the nominations because I feel like there's always some like politics and stuff. I don't think it's going to win, but I, I guess I don't know. How, what are some of the other ones? I guess I was surprised about the boys just because the number of nominations they got. Uh, I don't have it on the top of my head, but I was surprised by just the number and then that it was in the like outstanding drama. Was it outstanding drama category? Um, I believe so. Yeah. Which I guess yeah. I think that makes sense just because of the fact that the limited series now they like are really honing in on making sure it is a limited series. Cause I think we right. kind of seen that with like shows <laughs> like big little lies. It swept so many that first year as a limited series, but then it came back for season two. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And so that kind of defeats the whole point of like what a limited series is and that it's only going right. to be almost like a one-off thing. But yeah, that one got nominated. I think the one that stands out to me is like surprising and I'm not exactly a fan of are the nominations that Hamilton got. Um, right. I get that. I get that it's like one of those like pop culture things. Like, of course it deserves its due, but it's almost, it's got its due like in the, the races where it's been and it's nominated in so many different categories this year, which I think is like the thing that a lot of people are kind of like complaining about and like not too happy about is that it took a lot of nominations and like the outstanding limits or anthology or movie series yeah. spots mm-hmm. that could have gone to these actors for shows, you know, that are actually present. Cause this is of course was filmed, I think like four years ago was going to have a theatrical release. And then they decided to drop it on Disney plus in the pandemic. And it's just one of those ones that it's like, I don't know. I feel like they missed the mark a little bit. It got a total of 12 nominations. And I'm just like, that seems a little too high for a show. Yeah. That, I, mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm a critic just because like, I love TV. And it's like, I feel like that those are spots that could have gone to some of like the actors on other shows that were actually like scripted and new. But anyways, that's my, my mini rant on Hamilton. I I agree. I don't understand it. I, I think you're right because it doesn't really, I mean, it's a play that they filmed and made a movie of. It was going to be released in theaters and then they released it on Disney Plus. Like what is different about that than, I guess other than it, the fact that it's a play, but like a Netflix movie could two all the boys win an Emmy? No, like that. They're not going to do that. Like all of the Netflix movies, I guess they do give some of them theatrical releases, which makes it qualify for like the Oscars and rather than the Emmys, but like the ones that don't get released in theaters, would they be eligible for Emmys? Like, I just don't understand the distinction. I'm sure that it's out there, but just, it doesn't make sense. And like no shade to any of like the Hamilton performers. Like, obviously they're amazing. I don't like this has been discussed at length. Everyone loves Hamilton. There's nothing that needs to be said more about it. But like, yeah, I agree that like, it just doesn't really fit like the vibe of the Emmys when you have Hamilton's like taking so many nominations away from people that did, you know, it's kind of like Don Cheadle in like Falcon of the Winter Soldier. He was like, I don't get it. Yeah, I was in the show, but like, I don't really understand why I'm nominated. It's kind of like that for Hamilton. Like, it just doesn't feel right. I guess we, this is going to be talked about a lot as we get closer to, especially when it wins, when Hamilton wins the Emmys, people are going to be even more outraged. But um, another one, Cobra Kai got nominated. I think that was best comedy series. That's really interesting. Uh, because of how it moved from YouTube to Netflix, got so popular, still is very popular. Kind of the sky's the limit for that show moving forward, right? Yeah, I feel like this year, it's definitely like an, an interesting crop. And I almost feel like it is a very like pandemic related kind of situation mm-hmm. that 
because this year was such an interesting year in television, we're seeing some of these shows that typically have been overlooked in the past getting a lot of recognition this year because we have Cobra Kai. We talked about Bridgerton, which I feel like that one kind of fits in the niche of like what the Emmy voters like, but we hadn't seen it get nominations like on some of these other bigger awards. And even with WandaVision got, I think it was 23 um, nominations for Disney Plus. And it's like before Watchmen, like we never really saw superhero shows really get that kind of- right acclaim from these different voters. And so I think this year definitely kind of set the stage for these shows like Cobra Kai, even for Emily in Paris, like to sneak into some of these nomination spots Mm -hmm. Um, just because Netflix was one in a lot of the streamers, like they weren't ones that kind of pause on production. Like they had content ready. It was just, they had to kind of change how they approached releasing it. I guess. uh, So those are the surprises. What about the snubs? I know, I think we agree (laughs) on one of them and it kind of goes with what we talked about with like, or what you just said about the, um, the weird year in like some of these shows being able to sneak in because maybe some of the stuff that was going to be released in 2020 got pushed to 2021, et cetera, um, or later in 2021. So it's going to be in the next Emmy window rather than this one. It, Lucifer of all the years, I thought that this was the year they might sneak in and grab, you know, an act, not, maybe not an acting one for Tom Ellis, just because that's a strong category. It's very difficult in the acting categories, but someone on the cast I thought maybe would be able to sneak, grab like a guest star or, uh, something like that. What about you? Yeah, it really felt like, I mean, it's one of those things they always say, like as a show, like gets further out, it's harder for them to like get a nomination as they get later in their run. But I feel like Lucifer is one of those shows that's kind of always been overlooked. Um, really that kind of genre gets overlooked. I feel like the crime mm-hmm. drama, which granted this one's kind of like that hybrid of it's a comic book show, but it's kind of got that crime element. Cause I feel like we have to go back almost to like SVU maybe like in its early days was like the last time we saw like a crime drama really get a lot of love from Emmy voters and that. I think another Netflix one, just personally, I would have loved to have seen getting some nomination would have been Outer Banks. Um, I feel like that was a really fun, fun first season. And it just would have been nice to kind of see it sneak its way into some, some of the nominations, whether it's just like maybe the ons, you know, some of the lower like the guest actors or yeah um, or whatnot but like you said it's so hard to break into some of these i think yeah i agree and then just uh, some other snubs like i think if you're gonna with bridgerton getting so many nominations i mean the the rest of the cast kind of could be considered a snub i think there were some really good performances there i'm trying to think of her last name but i'm gonna butcher it uh, so I'm just not going to say it at all. And then the Mandalorian cast with like Pedro Pascal not getting nominated. is just kind of like, I just don't really understand when you nominate the show for 24, it's the most nominated. And then it, the lead doesn't even like, you know, b- break in. It just, it just, does, I don't know. It just feels weird <laughs> to me. Like, I, I just don't get it. Yeah, I'm kind of shocked because they got a ton of guest actor nominations the Mandalorian mm-hmm. did. But yeah, it's weird that we didn't see any for like, you know, for Pedro Pascal, which I think he got shut out last year as well and didn't yeah, get any nominations. Did, yeah. And so it's kind of one of those ones. Again, I think it hurt. It's more of that, like it competes in the best acting for the drama series. Yeah. So there is like, the you know, more competition there. Um, but yeah, I agree with the Bridgerton cast. I was actually, I was pleasantly surprised that we did see a few cast nominations there because mm-hmm. um, I thought they would maybe get shut out in all the like actor categories and maybe just get in like for the best drama. So the fact that they picked up a few was promising. I'll be really interested to see if they can win. I think it's going to be the big thing is like, can they pick up any wins come Emmy night? Yeah. And then what does it mean for the romance genre? I guess that that was what I was worried about too with Bridgerton. Like I, I know that they did get a few, but like what they've done with Stranger Things in the past for the Emmys is like it gets the 
the best drama gets in there, like the show gets in there. They might get like the ensemble thing, maybe a writing or directing uh, nomination, but like they leave out like, you know, the main cast because of how I feel like it's because of how many cast members there are too. Like it makes it like, who's the lead, who's supporting. It makes it sort of confusing where you have these shows that like, I don't know where there's like a definitive lead character that like, you know, the show revolves around or something. It makes it so much easier because they're getting so much more screen time then, you know, David Harbour or Millie Bobby Brown. That's a conversation for another time. But I think that you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and even with the romance, one snub I forgot to mention, too, is Outlander. Didn't get any love again. Yeah, um, And that's, that's really one that, again, it's so popular and just keeps getting stuff. And it feels like it would be one that they, you know, want to root for and all that. But that's another one I feel like I could go down the rabbit hole of because it's <laughs> stuff like every Emmy season. Yeah. Um, so looking, bold predictions and all that and early predictions for the big races. Because there's a lot of nominees. I think they're. I think they expanded them to eight or ten. I can't remember the exact number. Right. For like best comedy and drama. So if you went to pick, what would be your top your your early predictions for those big races? I think the slam dunk pick, and I think that everyone's saying it. So like maybe it won't actually happen. Is Ted Lasso? I watched that show after everyone else. I feel like I didn't get on the bandwagon, but since watching it, I'm like, okay, just give it all the awards. It's like just like the word that I would use to describe it is like lovely. And so like this should win best comedy. Um, what about you? Yeah, I feel like Ted Lasso is the easy pick there. I'd be like shocked if like an Emily in Paris did like sneak in. Oh my god! And it's just you know, like can you imagine the headlines? But I feel yes. like of the picks, like Ted Lasso definitely is the easy win there. I think the best drama one is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I went Lovecraft Country. I think that one might edge out just because HBO tends to have like a lot of good luck with winning the best drama. Game of Thrones right. is one a bunch. Watchmen won last year, um, which was another HBO show and one of the top categories. So I feel like that one could edge out The Crown because The Crown is never actually, it's won a ton of stuff, but never the best drama. So it's been one of those ones right. where they like throwing it into the mix, but they've yet to give it the trophy. That's interesting because I that was what I had picked The Crown. <laughs> So I did not know that they hadn't won. I don't, I guess I should, I don't pay that much attention. I just assumed that the crown had won because I feel like that it wins everything. But yeah, you're right. That the HBO stuff, there's some real HBO ties. Like it's like, it's their award to lose. It seems like every year with the crown. I don't know. It's like you start comparing it to the seasons. I know you mentioned earlier that like, as those shows go on longer, like they're less likely to win um, the major categories and stuff. If, if they haven't won them before and like the crown not winning for season one, two and three, it's like, was season four better than those? And if not, then like, will they, will they pick it as the winner? Probably not. So that's interesting. Cause Lovecraft country was also, we're going to talk about it in a minute. So let's just, uh, what about the best limited series? What did you pick for that one? For this one, I just have to go with my heart on this one, like, and go with WandaVision. Like, that's who I'll be yeah. rooting for on Emmy night. I think it's like, it could be viewed definitely as like a, a dark horse as well. But mm-hmm. the fact that Watchmen is the reigning champ in this category, like shows that the, the Emmy voters aren't above, you know, giving the Emmy to a superhero show if they feel like it, you know, merits it. And I definitely think WandaVision kind of proved that. So that's my pick. <laughs> Maybe that'll just be like a bold prediction. I'm like, got my rose colored glasses on as a Marvel fan, but I'm yeah. optimistic that that one could walk away. That would be great. Um, I think the Queen's Gambit will probably win just based on the number of nominations. It's like, seems like that everyone really loves it. And uh, it's been a while, like we talked about earlier, like it's hard for, I think, a show like this to like pop back up. Like WandaVision is so 
It's like, it's fresh. It feels like that people are still talking about it. Where the Queen's Gambit, like, I honestly didn't even know. Like, I was trying, when I saw the nominations, I was trying to place, like, when the Queen's Gambit came out. And I was like, I didn't, I honestly didn't know that it was 2020. I thought maybe was it 2019. It feels like forever ago. And I think that that's just like the Netflix thing that when you binge watch a show, you know, it's like, it's really, it makes it really hard to place like what was going on in the world around it in like the timeline. So I think that that probably hurts the series a little bit, but like, I don't know, Anya Taylor-Joy is so good. Uh, That show was really good. And it was so like the chess sales or whatever, like it made like the chess industry like come back again. So like, I don't know, there's a lot of stuff there that I think works. What about, I guess, should we do a couple quick bold predictions slash dark horse shows that we're looking at? We've already mentioned a couple of them, but uh, WandaVision is the one that I think that could be really interesting, right? Yeah, I feel like that's, it's funny to call it a dark horse just because it feels mm-hmm. like it should have like the potential to kind of be such a strong one. But I think it's because we haven't seen Marvel really ever present like at the Emmys. Like we've never seen them have a representation until really this year. And so that that whole like genre usually so overlooked that it's kind of like this hesitation of like, can they pull it off? I think the other interesting one too is Lovecraft Country, which I know you mentioned, or I mentioned, yeah. someone mentioned, one of us mentioned. Yeah, <laughs> I think um, you mentioned. It snuck in 18 nominations this year. Yeah. So it's like one of the most nominated shows. And I don't think a lot of people saw that one coming. So I feel like it could definitely be like a dark horse to pull off some upsets and take home a lot of trophies on Emmy night. For sure. And like this shit just got canceled, which is nuts. I mean, what is HBO doing? I know that HBO does, you know, they're great, whatever. But like, what are they doing? Like they're canceling a show that's going to like possibly going to win best drama. Like, are you joking? I don't know. It just doesn't make sense. The other one that I think that would just be like, I don't know, a sign of like the time. I feel like is the boys like it's the one show that I like really look forward to and I I like the superhero shows but I love this show for some reason because like the characters are so lovable obviously not the soup not the not the soups the soups are terrible right but (laughs) the other characters are so lovable and uh, I just think it would be really cool to see the boys win just because of like what the show is about and what it represents and how good it is and like shows like that don't ever win the stuff And the fact that it's even nominated is wild. So if they could pull off some crazy upset and win um, in their categories, that would be really cool. I think that that's all that I've got. Do you have any others that you're thinking about? It's cool if you have, if you say no, I just, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Yeah. I feel like those are like the big dark horses I'll be watching. Um, and I guess also you can just throw in Bridgerton as like one last pick to see yeah. like, can it ups, you know, can it upset the crown because it's going to be going head to head with the crown and a lot of those. So it'll kind of be a battle of like, are the voters more like historically accurate or do they want to kind of reward like the scripted romance kind of genre? The romance. Yeah. That's interesting. I'll, I'll be curious to see how that goes too. Cause like what it could mean with all the other romance shows that Netflix has in the works. All right. Well, we're out of time. Thanks everyone for listening and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big.